When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. This is your inside source to Hokie Sports. The Hokie Sports Insider. Let's go! Time to catch up on everything happening in Hokie Nation with your host, Evan Hughes. Hello, Tech fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast. Great to have all of you with us, and thanks so much for taking time to listen in. My name is Evan Hughes, proud host of the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast, and I am so excited not only about the show this week, which is fantastic, and I'll tell you about in just a second, but uh, what this time of the year means for Hokie Nation. I mean, this past week, there's been a special type of feel in the air with the students moving back into the dorms here on campus and school starting this past Monday, but Soccer is back in full swing. Women's soccer began their season last week. We'll talk about them a little bit later. Men's soccer about to start their season. Volleyball begins their 2021 campaign this week, and they are at the center of our attention for episode number three of the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast. Pleased to be joined on this week's show, our guest, Coach Marcy Byers, the head coach of the Virginia Tech Volleyball Program, and Marissa Serco, somebody who has been a key contributor on the Hokies volleyball team for the last couple of years. Great conversations ahead. 
A reminder that each and every Hokie Sports Insider podcast is proudly presented by Main Street Pharmacy and Smithfield. Well, last year was such a unique year for Coach Marcy Byers, who left Radford after building that program in one of the best mid-majors in the entire country. She made the short trip, which we'll talk about in just a second, from Radford to Virginia Tech. But then within a month of taking the job, the COVID-19 pandemic hit. A lot to talk about with Coach Byers, and I think you're really going to enjoy the conversation. We talk about what last season was like for her and her staff. How was she able to get to know the team in the midst of the pandemic? We also discussed the season last year, the four-match ACC winning streak that the Hokies had, including a win over the 14th-ranked Duke Blue Devils. There's so much to be excited about with that program right now because of the success they had last year. They return setter Bree Postuma, who was a great freshman setter a year ago. Uh, Marissa Serco, he'll hear from a little bit later. Logan Mosley, Sierra Powell, Kai Young. They add a great talent, a graduate student from Iowa and Greer Hughes. I think there's a lot to be excited about with this program. I think you're going to be excited after listening to my conversation with Coach Marcy Byers, the all-time winningest coach at Radford, one of the best in Big South history, and now the head coach of the Hokies. We'll step aside for a break, but when we come back on episode number three of the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast, my conversation with the head coach of the Virginia Tech Volleyball Program, Marcy Byers. You're on the inside. More Hokie Sports Insider is next. When you support Main Street Pharmacy, you also support your Virginia Tech Hokies. Main Street Pharmacy is locally owned in Blacksburg by a proud Hokie alum. We have quick, superior service, we save people money, and we have free delivery to the Virginia Tech campus, Blacksburg, and Christiansburg. Our patients are our family, and we invite you to join us today. Transferring prescriptions is easy. Visit msblacksburg.com or call us at 540-605-7721 and we'll take care of everything. Main Street Pharmacy. We treat you like a neighbor, not a number. Time for the Hokie Insider of the Week. This is the Hokie Sports Insider. Truly a treat to be joined this week on Hokie Sports Insider by the head coach of the Virginia Tech Volleyball Program, Coach Marcy Byers. Coach, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks so much for taking the time in the midst of a busy week as your season gets underway this Friday. How are you? I'm doing well about yourself. Doing great. Good. You know, I, I think... I was at the scrimmage last week <laughs> mm-hmm. when you guys uh, hosted James Madison. Uh-huh. Coach, I think there's a real excitement in the air around your program. The turnout was terrific. Yeah, it was. Oh, I wish we had had a little bit of better product out there at the time so we can get more people to come back. But we're working on it. You know, we're young. Um, we're kind of split half and half. This is, you know, my only my second year here. And, you know, last year, I guess you can count that year as well. But, you know, being a COVID year. So, you know, we're doing the kids are working hard, you know, trying to change the culture, trying to change just the output of everything. And it's just taking time. And that's what happens when you're trying to rebuild something. What what was it like for you? I mean, you guys hardly had any fans last year. Did did it feel nice to just have a little bit of hokey spirit? Yeah, like it it actually did. Um, The funny thing is the last time that I was here um, was when I was the head coach at Radford and we played Virginia Tech and the stands were full. So that was the last time I've been here where the stands have been full for a volleyball match. And that was, you know, a couple years ago. So, um, it was odd being on the other side, actually coming in here because I had never done the hat that before. So, um, but it was, but it was cool though. Uh, coach really is a treat to have you here. We're going to have a great 15, 20 minute conversation. And, uh, I, I, I 
you know, taking, I'm sure you've got asked this question a lot, mm -hmm. but taking over a program <laughs> yeah. just before a pandemic hits. Yeah. How do you put that into words what you went through the last year? I mean, there really aren't any words. You know, it's not like any of us had like a playbook. You know what I mean? We were all kind of doing the same thing. So, you know, COVID hit regardless if you were at your school for 15 years or 15 minutes. Everybody, it was new for everybody. So, you know, we were all in the same boat. We just tried, tried to navigate it as best we could. Um, I don't really think anybody had any advantage over anybody else, um, to be honest with you, because it it was just all new um, every day. It was a, it was a new thing. Um, we got hired. I got hired right the last day of January, um, right before COVID start. We had 22 days with our players in the gym. We actually scrimmaged at JMU and we came back. We went on spring break and we never came back. So um, it was it was just a wild year just in general. So what was it like i mean you had that month but getting to fully know your team yeah did you get a chance to get to know everybody before the pandemic or how did that go yeah not really right i mean 22 days it was so short we were in you know basically kind of like our eight hour segment you know during that time we got in our 20 hour segment about four days or so before we did jmu um so it was hard it was hard kind of you know navigate for them to kind of learn what we wanted and vice versa um you know the one thing that i said was the kids really kind of paired into what we were trying to do um but yeah i mean it was a you know it was a 15 month like none other could you imagine moving from a school to a different school like you did if you weren't 20 minutes away maybe <laughs> hours trying to move in the middle of a pandemic yeah, that would have been a that would have been a wreck um, for sure um so again i had a, you know it was easier for me because i'd been in the new river valley for so long i actually didn't move until this summer so didn't have you know didn't even have to do that so i definitely had some advantages being here and being new so it wasn't like virginia tech was completely foreign to me right. so um you you know, I definitely had some advantages being being that. So, yeah. Well, before we look ahead to this season, the mm -hmm. off season, what's to come, takeaways from your first year, you know, the season mm -hmm. split into the fall, into the spring. You had the four-match win streak in the mm -hmm. fall last year. What were your general takeaways from year number one? Um, that, you know, we can do it here, obviously. Um, you know, we have everything in our powers and our abilities and all the resources that we have to be good. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, a work in progress as we continue to build and get different kids in here with, you know, different set of mind, you know, mindset, basically. Um, but, you know, we definitely made some headway next year. We're hoping to make a little bit more headway this year. Usually, you know, when you're talking about a rebuild, you're talking two to four years. So, um, you know, I think we have to be patient um, as we kind of go and have some growing pains and things like that. But I thought last year was a, was a good start. So take me through, because I know there are differences, mm -hmm. last year's off season, whatever yeah. that looked like compared mm -hmm. to this year, just how different are the two? Yeah, I mean, we finally got a full preseason. You know, we had a full two weeks of preseason last week. Last year, we didn't really have that, um, you know really not having the fear right now of being stopped by COVID um, is another, you know, good thing. I mean, last year when we first got back, like everything was so new. It was, you know, we were testing all the time and, you know, if someone came up positive, it was like everything got shut down and then it was, no, we don't have to shut everyone down, but then we only have seven kids in practice. Like, how do you navigate through that? So I think that, you know, it's kind of eased a little bit where you don't have to kind of worry about that as much um, and you kind of just know what you're going to get, you 
you know if someone you know ends up testing that it's going to be 10 days and now that you've kind of been through it a couple of times you just know you got to keep going forward and you got to figure it out I mean there's really no nothing else you can do about it and correct me if I'm wrong but volleyball is a sport if you know, somebody goes down like a setter or a Libro. I mean, it's not as easy to just replace somebody. Right? No, it's not just as easy. And we kind of went through that in the spring. You know, we had, um, you know, two two starters out, but it was like key starters that we had to do. And we went down to Florida State and we just did the best we could. Um, you know, so it's not as easy as just a kind of plug and play, you know, type deal. Um, you hope it's not, you know, to some key positions. And um, again, you just got to keep going on. But it's not as... It's it's not as easy as it could be for, you know, for other other sports. So, well, enough talk about COVID because yeah. there's so much positive on yeah. the horizon. Uh, take me through this offseason. What have you liked from your team in year number two? I mean, mm-hmm. how would you describe the last couple of weeks of being back? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the one thing um, that we're able to do, we've got 22 kids in a gym right now. Um, so there's definitely some competition in all the positions, um, which is a good thing. I think you either, you know, sink or swim um, where you're kind of in those situations. Um, we're definitely hitting the ball with a little bit more pace, which is something that we absolutely had to do. Um, we're a little bit bigger, we're a little bit more physical, um, but then, you know, we're still young and young not meaning just freshmen like you know basically everybody in this program is a freshman or sophomore because they've only had me for two years so we're just young just in general even though we've got juniors and seniors but you know in our system they're still just sophomores so um, I think we have to kind of understand that you know as we move forward but you know we've we're doing some nice things you know it's just hasn't all clicked and hasn't all gotten together and on one piece and that's the reason why you have a preseason right last year we didn't really have one we played the Citadel one game and it was like bam let's go into ACC play so hopefully this year year preseason will help us out a little bit more get us focused and settled in um, when we go into conference play and not only are these current freshmen getting a normal preseason, but your sophomores, exactly. they're getting their first preseason, correct? They are. I mean, everyone is kind of, you know, they're getting their preseason. You know, we were in preseason last year, but it was only like seven or eight days. Like we didn't get like the full two weeks of preseason. Um, you know, the kids have been here since about June 21st, like on their own. And last year we didn't get in here until like mid-July. So that was a difference as well. You weren't able to run camps last year. So players were able to come in this year work camp so they were able to be around us a little bit more as well so it's just different you know it's just all different I thought one of the main positives from last year someone I really enjoyed watching was your freshman setter Brie post oh yeah she had a terrific year last year over 300 assists what did you see from her like last year being able to jump in and perform the way she did and what kind of off season has she had this year? Yeah, I mean, you know, she came in and we changed our system. You know, before that Talon Jackson was basically running five one. They had kind of run a five one here for, you know, several years. Um and we came in and said, No, we wanna be in a six two so we got a chance to, you know, utilize Bree. Um she's really good at the service line, um, and she's really good at finding the middles in transition. Um, you know, obviously as a freshman, she's got some things that she needs to work on and things like that but you know she was here all summer she was committed to you know to getting better she's stronger you know this year and so you would hope that just as you know coming off that one year and being here that she's just a little bit you know a little bit better as we as we move forward so you think about in sports coach the the chemistry that's required like a mm-hmm. quarterback and his receivers in football mm-hmm. you think about basketball point guard I, I think the setter position in all sports I mean the, the chemistry you have to have the trust you have to have with mm-hmm. your hitters I mean another year for her and your setters I mean take me through what that 
what you have to do to be an elite setter to, to know your hitters? Yeah, I mean, you got to know a lot, right? Like, there's a lot of things going through their head. I mean, they're touching the ball 99% of the time a lot of times. Um, when that ball is coming across that net, you think that they're, you know, probably going to, you know, be in some sort of action, um, whether or not it's them digging, whether or not it's them actually setting. Um, so they're going to be involved with it, you know, all the time. Um, it's a position where you don't want someone that's going to get really high and really low because they need to be steady because volleyball is a game of errors. Um, and so you've kind of got to be able to dial those back. And, you know, setters get, get, they get written a lot, right? You know, oh, the ball's too far out. The ball's too tight. The ball's too wide. And it's like, you know, they never say to the passers, you know, well, your pass is too tight. Your pass <laughs> is too off. Like, they don't do that. They just kind of take it. But, like, that's the setter's mentality, you know, from when they've started setting, you know, until whenever they're going to stop. So, um, you know, that's just kind of one of the things that's going through their mind. I think they are starting to figure out some things. We've changed some things with the tempo of sets just to kind of get them a little bit more comfortable, get our hitters a little bit more comfortable. Um, you know, I'm a coach that likes to have balance. Um, you know, I don't want to set in, you know, our left pins 75 times. You know, I want to be able to kind of spread that out a little bit. So um, they definitely got a lot going through their minds, that's for sure. So And, and it's a position I'm sure that's important to have depth. We just talked about Bree. You mentioned Talon. Uh, you've got Mara Perry. You've got mm -hmm. Sarah Jane Lynch. What's it like to have multiple setters that have playing experience in your program yeah I mean it's great I and mean, that was the only position that we had returning that actually had 100% experience um, we had three for three in the setters you know the pen players we only had two pen players returning out of the eight that we have so that's our youngest group um, the middles you know had three of five now so that is our next youngest group and then you know our libero core DS core has got two new kids um, to go along with Logan so um, you know that position is is the one position that you're looking at and you're saying, okay, we shouldn't have to worry about them, but we still got to coach them and, and do some things. But it's nice to kind of have that balance with them as opposed to all the other positions that everybody's just kind of going, you know, going off of New Street right now. Well, I'm sure the hitters have to love uh, the continuity they have in that position. And uh, speaking of a hitter, I, I want to bring up Sierra Powell for a second <laughs> because uh, it was at the scrimmage against James Madison. I know she had double-digit kills. Mm -hmm. I, I thought it was one of the best matches uh, she might have ever had in her career attack uh, what what did you see from her in that yeah. scrimmage and what kind of year are you expecting out of Sierra? Um, you know, C Powell um, was interesting, right? Like we got here, you walk in the gym, you look at her, you're like total ACC body, total power five player. And then on the court, it was just kind of like, kid where are you you know and so we had a lot of you know a lot of conversations with her that you know you could be all ACC like you gotta believe in yourself you gotta be able to make some different changes you know she went from left pin to right pin to being on the bench to getting in and just being so up and down um, you know she decided amongst herself that she was gonna be better this year um, you know she's um, become a better leader she's become more vocal she was here all summer which was important to um, she got her first job as well this summer so that taught her the value of like work and working hard and some work ethic stuff um, and you know right now she is 
you know, our best player. Um, and we tell her that every day, regardless if that puts her in a situation of pressure or not. Like, she is the kid that we're going to rely on right now, being a six rotation left, and that's not going to change for her. So, um, you know, kudos to her. She done she did a lot of work, um, you know, into that. But, you know, we put a lot of effort into, you know, kind of building her up and saying, you know, you, you have to be this kid for us in order for us to be, you know, be good and be there are things that she doesn't practice you know these days and we're like yes and then there's things and we're like see pal like that's the old see pal but far and far less of that and far and far more of the new see pal um and for us that's gonna bode well in the future so we're excited about that well i know if i was playing back row uh playing against you guys mm-hmm. i would not want to receive against <laughs> your pal yeah. or uh, greer hughes yeah your transfer from iowa yeah. uh, watching her swing yeah i mean such a thorough coach what's it been like coaching her and what kind of addition has she been for the program yeah you know um G is G is interesting um you know she's coming from another power five school and probably one of the best volleyball conferences in the country um and she was a starter there so she's coming in with experience but she took off last year as well so she set out last year so she's kind of just you know, getting back in the flow of things and we're into week three and we're just finally starting to see the, you know, the G that we saw on film. And we were like, yeah, this kid needs to be here. This kid needs to help elevate us. So I think she's starting to figure some things out with our setters, starting to understand what she needs to be for us. Um, She is completely locked in and trusts us for what we want to do. You know, there does not pass a day when she does not swing by the office and she's like, Marcy, like what this, what? And I'm like, Greery, like you're wearing me out, kid. So, um, but she's, you know, she's doing the things that we want her to do. She's being locked in as a grad kid, which is sometimes you don't necessarily get. Um, and, you know, I think overall she just wants to make an impact in the program and, and she's kind of staying with that. So we're glad to have that. Coach, you've got an invitational, another home tournament in yeah. September. You yeah. guys are going to play a lot at Castle Coliseum yeah. this year, especially early. What can that do for this team just to get to play at home and kind of get into that rhythm? Yeah, I mean, I think it's great, especially for a young team, you know. And again, you know, you talk about the sophomores not really having a preseason. The sophomores actually didn't have to go to class last year either. Like everything was online. Like they didn't have to figure that out. And so, you know, Sunday night I'm getting a text and, you know, they're like, Coach, I got a class here. And I got to walk from here. I was like, yeah, welcome to college. You know what I mean? Like, this is how this is. So, um, you know, it's just been so all over the place. So I think starting out at home is always a great thing. Um, You know, I go back and forth as a coach over my years. Like, some years I feel like being away all four weeks is great. Like, you know what I mean? You kind of get a chance to be, you know, road warriors and get a chance to do that. And then, you know, sometimes I feel like being at home is a good thing so they get a little bit more comfortable before they kind of have to go out out and about so we thought it was important for this crew to be able to do you know a home tournament twice if we were able to pull that off um and i think it's gonna you know do well for them uh, switching gears for a minute and we we loosely talked about it in the beginning but mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's just so unique that not many people can say they've coached at two schools <laughs> in the new river valley yeah, i mean right. you know this area so well yeah uh, you played at virginia union you know the state so well yeah uh, so what what was that like for you getting to go from radford yeah a place where you've beaten virginia tech before and then getting to go to the power five right here to coach virginia tech yeah so um it was you know it was interesting you know telling those kids over at radford who i you know i love to death and you know they would you know send 
some some screenshots of some things that I would say about, you know, Power Five programs when we were playing and, you know, it was just, you know, the little old Radford, like, we can do this, like, they got everything, you know, that kind of thing. And now that's, you know, me and now it's me trying to tell these kids, like, look, like, you're mid-majors, like, they, they have a chip on their shoulder, like, they want to do this, like, you have to be able to step up to that. So I think coming from two different situations is good because I get a chance to be able to tell these kids how lucky they are to have all the things that they have, all the resources that they have um, so that they can be good. So I think that that's a good thing, you know, as well. But, you know, yeah, I mean, it's been almost 13 years now in the New River Valley. Who'd have thunk that, right? So, um, but it's been been great um, just in general. You're the four-time Big South Coach of the Year, mm-hmm. winningest coach in program history at Radford. You talked earlier about building a program, yeah. so I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you fill in the blank here in this sentence. The key to building a winning volleyball program is blank. You have to have kids that believe in what you're doing. You know, they've got to they've got to buy completely into what you're doing, whether or not that's, you know, hey, you got to jump off that chair to hit the ball or whatever it is. Um, They have to believe whatever you say. Um, And you've got to get them believing in each other as well. The mentality has to change. Um, That's probably the hardest thing when you're trying to turn a program around, Um, a program that's used to not being successful. The easy thing is to not be successful. The hard thing is to win. Um, And it takes time to do that. Um, And, you know, the experience from just winning games just goes such a long way when you have kids that haven't done it. So um, that's definitely something that we're focusing on. I think, you know, what we're doing in practice and some things like that make it a little bit more competitive. I think it's something that you have to do as well and got to be patient because it just doesn't happen overnight. Uh, looking at your coaching staff, when you got here, you retained Waz from yeah. the previous staff. I know mm-hmm. he's someone who's had a lot of experience throughout his career. Mm-hmm. I believe he has a daughter that's here at a- Virginia Tech. And a son. Like, his son's a fifth-year architecture student as well. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, what what's it been like getting to work with him? And I'm, yeah. I'm sure for the players to have a little bit of continuity keeping him around, they, they had to love that. Yeah, no no doubt. I mean, you know, Waz has been around a long time, and I actually didn't know him. So, you know, going out recruiting, you're like, oh, that's the Virginia Tech assistant. Or when he was at Duke, oh, that's the Duke assistant like you know he kind of stands out in a crowd I mean he's like 6'6 so like you know where he is but I didn't know him until I got here and I mean he's just been a phenomenal hire for me to be able to retain he fits Kevin and I so well you know what I mean we balance each other out um I'm a little bit intense and a little bit you know what I mean edgy um and Waz is definitely not that but he brings that balance right like you can't always have that you know Kevin the young guy that's like you know full of energy that always wants to go 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 and you know you got to have balance on your staff so um he's been great it's been awesome working with him um it's been awesome getting to know his family as well um you know so it's just been a really good fit he definitely was a middle blocker right? uh, he was actually a setter he was a setter and an opposite at penn state so yeah. There you go. I yeah. just saw six six and I know. had to assume middle blockers. So. I know, I know. Uh, and you know, I've been told, Coach, uh, for a future podcast that Kevin would be a great guest. I don't know, man. I think you might want to make sure you have like tape after tape after tape after tape because people say I talk a lot. He only stops talking when he closes his eyes at night. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. There we go. <laughs> Kevin, if you're listening, you're coming up next, all right? Oh, I know he's going to listen to this, so I have to make sure I get my digs in when I can. Coach, uh, you, you had a great playing career at Virginia Union. Um, 
I'm curious, when your playing days were over, mm -hmm. did you always know that you wanted to go into coaching? I always knew I wanted to go into coaching, but I thought it was going to be basketball. I wasn't really sure it was going to be, you know, I didn't really have a ton of aspirations to be a volleyball coach. Um, my dad was a high school basketball coach back in Chicago and coached, a, you know, a couple pros and some things like that. So I always thought it was going to be basketball. Um, you know, man upstairs had a different plan for me, and, and here I sit now as a Power 5 coach So for volleyball. So, yeah. What's the best piece of advice you've gotten from your dad in terms of coaching? Um, just be consistent. You know, you got to be consistent. Um, the one thing kids are always going to know is, you know, when you're feeding them, you know, a bunch of a bunch of crap and that's not what they want. They want people to be able to trust and, and you know, believe what you say. So if you're going to say something, they want you to follow through with that. They don't want you to say one thing and do something different. So... I'm uh, I'm from the 804, from okay. Richmond, and okay. uh, you did a great job building both Hermitage yeah. and Godwin. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you if you'll keep along with them, but they're both well respected programs yeah. still in the Richmond area. Yeah, so for cool sure. Yeah, no, it is, and you know, at Hermitage, I started out as a JV coach there um, for volleyball. I was assistant on basketball for varsity basketball, and then you know, finally went over to varsity volleyball, and then started coaching um, at Richmond Volleyball Club in the area, and did our top 16s team there, and um that's kind of how it all started and you know my mentor was who started volleyball kind of in this area just in general um and just kind of learned a lot from him so yeah it's um it's it's been a journey so you you, you have a coaching family right now <laughs> yeah uh, your husband jd mm -hmm. a coach at vcu yeah uh Personally, I'll be honest. I mean, the, the style of, of VCU basketball I mean, mm -hmm. it means so much to that area. Mm -hmm. uh, what's it like to see him succeed at such a great program like VCU? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy because you know I watch him on the sidelines and I know how passionate he is about basketball. Um, he was a great player in his own right. Um, you know, he was Division three player of the year and um, you know has been in some Hall of Fames and some things like that. And so I know like the passion that he has, and then you know I know the passion that I have as well. So it's always just kind of interesting to you know to kind of hear that and see him do that, and then also go through the ups and downs that you go through. You know. As a, as a coach, just in general. Um, so, you know, he's great at what he does. He's going to be a head coach someday as well, and he's going to be a, a damn good one. So um, he's going to be great. That's awesome. You, yeah. said, you mentioned that you've got that basketball background. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe one day, I mean, he, he makes the transition to volleyball. I mean, I mean you're here in – I don't know. Maybe you guys could coach Nah, one nah. Day. He's not ever going to do volleyball, but I can definitely do basketball, so I know he's listening. So um, he's, I'm sure he's going to love that. Um, but, yeah, he can hire me, like, on his staff, and we, like, win all the time. So – I don't know if I can hire him in volleyball and we'd win, but that's another story. Do you ever watch VCU <laughs> games and say, hey, like, here's what you should do? Yeah, I, I do, and it's bad, and I can't do it as much. So I've just kind of, you know, sometimes I have to back up. I know if he's listening right now, he's going to be like, you never stop talking. So um, I try, you know, it's, it's hard when you're watching, you know, so close and, you know, you see those student athletes and their reactions to certain things and then their coaches' reactions and – you know, it's it's hard. It's hard for me knowing the game to to step away, and I don't always do that very well. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, best of luck to JD and uh, and VCU this year. Yeah. Uh, two more for you, Coach. Yep. Uh, back to the season. Mm -hmm. What excites you most about this group? 
just for them to learn that they can be good. You know what I mean? Like, that's the one thing, you know, that I tell them, like, you guys are out on a court. You guys are a unit. Like, this is your team. Like, we're just here to kind of lead you. The best feeling in the world is to be the victor at the end of any match, you know? Um, I just can't, you know, I want them to have that feeling, you know what I mean? To have that feeling over and over again when you walk in the gym and you know, like, you know, you're the hunter, like you're not the hunted, you know what I mean? Like we got to go out and we got to be, you know, more physical than people. We have to outgrind people, you know, and when you do that and you know the hard work that you put in and the wins and losses actually, you know, make a difference, like you just feel different. You know what I mean? You got a little bit of swag about yourself and, you know, you feel like you can go out and do whatever you want. And that's really the whole point of building a program. Coach, we close every interview on the Hokie Sports and Center mm-hmm. podcast with this question for everybody. Okay. What does it mean to you to be a Hokie? <laughs> what does it mean to be a Hokie? Um, you know, it's a, it means a lot, actually. Um, you know, obviously, when I got the call to come over here, it wasn't um, – I didn't really have to think about it. Um, I had been offered other Power 5 jobs that just weren't good fits. But, again, I've been in a New River Valley for so long, and I just knew that tech could be good. Um, so I'm honored to be here. I definitely want to make sure that we're doing the right thing um, and that, you know, we're giving, you know, these guys that come here to Virginia Tech who are going to be Hokies for life something to, to shout about. So. So um, that's my main goal. Coach, fastest 30 minutes yet of this podcast. Thanks so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you. If you're a Hokies fan, you've got an appetite for winning. And if you're a Smithfield fan, you've got an appetite for our flavorful hickory smoked bacon and our deliciously versatile anytime favorites ham. As a proud sponsor of Virginia Tech football, we invite you to start every game day with a hearty Smithfield breakfast. It's the protein-packed way to get your morning started and prepare yourself for another victory. Fire up, Hokie Nation. Smithfield, for the love of meat. So great to have you with us for episode number three of the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast. Evan Hughes back with you, and uh, really, really enjoyed that conversation with Coach Byers and, and getting to know a little bit more about her story. I mean, her playing days at Virginia Union, starting to be a volleyball coach at uh, Hermitage and Godwin High School in Richmond and then the Richmond Volleyball Club and then all the way to Radford to Virginia Tech. Her story is so interesting. Learning about her husband, J.D., being a coach at, at VCU for men's basketball, uh, truly a treat to talk with Coach Byers. And Hokie Nation, we are certainly lucky to have somebody like Coach Byers and her staff leading the program here in Blacksburg. Let's now get you caught up on all fall Olympic sports within the last week as there's a lot to get through, folks. The exhibition part of the season for all of these teams winding down. And for Virginia Tech women's soccer, their season is in full force. The uh, Hokies are 2-0 and for the third time in the last five seasons under Coach Chugger Adair. What a start for the uh, to the year for sophomore goalie Aaliyah Skinner, who hasn't allowed a goal. And the offense has shown flashes of being great here early in the season. Uh, the campaign, the 2021 campaign, got started on Thursday at Thompson Field with a 3 0 win over Liberty. Here's how it sounded with Bailey Angle on the call on the ACC Network Extra. After the offseason and a lightning delay, we are ready to start the 2021 women's soccer season. The Virginia Tech Hokies open up with the Liberty Flames here at Thompson Field. 
Dory Powell turns to Kozlova, and the Hokies are on the board. Billy Gray over the crossbar and headed in. Kalkowski finds the back of the net for the first time in her Virginia Tech Hokie career. Corner for the Hokies. Visage. Now this time, able to head it over to Powell. 3-0 Hokies. That audio can be found with video if you go to at HokiesWSoccer on Twitter. Great work, as always, from our Hokie Vision team putting those highlight videos together. And, yeah, what a start for Virginia Tech women's soccer, right? I mean, Nicole Kozlova on her senior night scores the first goal of the match. That was very fitting. Kozlova is someone who's so important to the success of Virginia Tech's offense. Great to see her get involved early. Uh, Victoria Haugen headed a ball over to Tori Powell for the second goal of the match. And then later, true freshman Emma Pelkowski netted collegiate goal number one en route to a 3-0 win. Think about that moment for Emma Pelkowski, right? You know, you're one of your best high school players. You've played club travel ball uh, your entire life. You come to a Power 5 program at Virginia Tech, and in your first match, you score a goal. That's pretty special right there. Congratulations to Emma Pelkowski, the first of many goals to come for Emma in her Virginia Tech career. And then on Sunday, against one of the most historical women's soccer programs over the last 30 years in William & Mary, Virginia Tech, with a one nothing win after Tori Powell scored a goal in the second half. Hokies to 2-0 and under Coach Chugger Adair. They're back in action this Thursday against Elon at 7 o'clock. That will be available on the ACC Network Extra. And then on Sunday, August 29th, Virginia Tech will take on Cincinnati. That is the upcoming schedule for women's soccer. Meanwhile, Virginia Tech men's soccer, they're fired up to start its 2021 campaign this week in Harrisonburg, about two hours up I-81 for the Fairfield Inn by Marriott JMU Invitational. Hokies will open with Kansas City at 4 o'clock this Thursday, and then the defending national champions, number one team in the country, Marshall. The Thundering Herd will take on the Hokies, number one against number 15. It's going to be a fantastic match, and I highly encourage all of you on Twitter, if you're not doing so already, to follow at HokiesMSoccer to get tweet updates on that match. Congratulations in order to Sievert Haugley of Virginia Tech Men's Soccer. He was our guest on last week's Hokie Sports Insider podcast. He was named to the 2021 ACC preseason watch list. Congratulations to Sievert. Really enjoyed talking to him last week. His story coming from Norway to Blacksburg is amazing. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that podcast, highly encourage you to go back and listen to last week's show, which also had Coach Mike Brizendine of Virginia Tech Men's Soccer. And how about this? I thought all Hokie fans would love to know this. So we talked a lot last week on the podcast about Danny Pereira, who was the number one draft pick in the 2021 MLS Super Draft. Gets drafted to Austin FC. They had a match on Saturday night in Texas. And they came away with the win. And then less than 24 hours later, where was Danny Pereira? He was back in Blacksburg 
with his old teammates watching Virginia Tech women's soccer against William & Mary. Thought that was really special. And I looked down in the stands and I thought I saw him and I just couldn't believe that he had come all that way after playing literally the night before back to Blacksburg, back with his teammates, was taking pictures with fans. You know, everything that you want a Hokie to be, Danny Pereira is. And I thought that was really unique. Great to have Danny back on campus this past weekend. And as we've mentioned throughout the show, Virginia Tech Volleyball, they start their season this weekend with the Hokie Invitational. Tech will play a doubleheader Friday against Lehigh at noon and then Toledo at 7 o'clock. Then on Saturday, Hokies will take on Elon at 3 o'clock. All matches are at Castle. Admission is free, and if you can't make it, it'll be streamed on the ACC Network Extra with John Laser and Jake Lawrence on the call. Again, doubleheader Friday against Lehigh at noon, Toledo at 7, and then on Saturday, Hokies will take on the Phoenix at 3 o'clock to start their season. And a reminder, cross-country, they get their season underway on Wednesday, September 1st with their Virginia Tech Invitational. Well, we I just, again, really enjoyed the conversation with Coach Byers earlier. I'm really excited for her team, what they're able to bring back, and one of those players who's back for another year. She's been a mainstay on the court as a middle blocker and now as a right side hitter. Marissa Serco is back for her final year in the program. Uh, a true treat to have her on the show. I think you're really going to enjoy hearing her talk about her time as a Hokie what it means to be a part of this community, how did somebody from Cincinnati, Ohio, find Virginia Tech, and uh, what her aspirations are when her playing days are done here at Virginia Tech. Here's my conversation with Virginia Tech Volleyball's own Marissa Serco. Marissa, thanks so much for taking the time. It's match week, your final first match week final first day of classes this week what's that been like going through it for one final time it's been a lot I'm definitely going to miss being here but I definitely want to make the most out of my last season here at Virginia Tech I am coming back for my fifth year and it's not just for no reason I'm here to prove a point and come back get our record going up good and um, really just want to make a statement for the Virginia Tech volleyball team this year so not just a senior, a, a graduate student, right? Do you get the official GR next to your name? I am not a graduate student. I did graduate in May, but um, I am pursuing a second undergrad degree in management right now, um, but looking forward to this semester. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious. So you know, everybody always says that high school flies by fast, and then you get to college, is it true, in your opinion, that college goes by faster than high school? Way faster. I feel like I was just a freshman like a year ago, and especially because I loved my team so much my freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, senior year, now the fifth year, um, especially with so many new people. It's been really awesome to see how we've all kind of gelled together, and we all love all of the new people, and we're all getting along great. So it's been nice to have a really cool team and a lot of fun girls to be around, so I'll miss that, but I'm happy to be able to spend one more semester with them, but um, definitely flying by quickly. I can't believe I'm so, in my fifth year. Oh my gosh, it flies by so fast. Um, uh, how would you describe your first four years being at Virginia Tech, being part of this program? How would you put it into words? It's just unreal, honestly. Um, 
in high school, I never knew what to expect coming into Virginia Tech or playing a D1 sport. And it's been a lot of hard work, but it's also been extremely rewarding. And um, even outside of volleyball, I've seen how my efforts in the gym and um, time management, things like that, uh, how volleyball really has prepared me for the real world. Um, so it's it's been a great experience all around. So I, I love what you said right off the top. You know, you came back for a reason, almost like unfinished business. Oh, absolutely. I just posted an Instagram post and that was my caption. Was it really? Yeah. Hey, great minds think alike. Yep. There you go. Um, <laughs> but what, how, how do your, how do you hope your final season in Blacksburg goes? I mean, what are your expectations? What do you hope to accomplish in your final season? Yeah, we're hoping to make the tournament this year and we're all working hard in the gym and um, really trying to get get going this year we aren't trying to be bottom or near the bottom we're we want to be a top half of the conference going to postseason tournaments for sure so I was just talking with coach Byers earlier and you know every time we have a guest on this podcast all of these fall sports all of you all had such a different year last year than maybe even the teams in the spring that got to have some capacity back mm-hmm. in the stands and um, you know it was a little different fall to spring so I'm, I'm curious um, just when you look back on it, how different does this feel? Does it feel a little bit more normal this time around than it did a year ago right now? Honestly, I still think that it feels just as normal because we, even though the season was weird, that didn't change how we were training as a team and we were still going after it in the gym and in the weight room and things like that. Um, Definitely traveling was a little bit different um, and we had less games, but overall as a team, at least for me, it feels about the same. Um, I am excited to be able to play more games this semester and travel to other places more and have our preseason play, but um, does still feel pretty normal. All right. Uh, you mentioned how much fun you've had with this group over the last couple of years, but this individual team, if you had to describe this year's 2021 Virginia Tech Volleyball Squad in three words, how would you characterize them? I would say passionate, goofy for sure, um, and willing to work. I know that's one, that's three words, but all kind of goes into one. Um, yeah, we definitely are a goofy bunch, so it's a fun time in the gym, and we always joke around with each other how we have to be the goofiest volleyball team that there is. But at the same time, we're all um, determined for one goal and we want to win and we want to get better. So we're all very passionate to succeed in that standpoint. I love those three words. And, you know, I feel like in volleyball, Marissa, correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, you know, there it's a back and forth sport, right? I mean, point after point go both ways. Is it important to be goofy as you describe it not necessarily goofy but uh, willing to to shake off uh if you drop a set drop a point like being able to have that play the next point mentality absolutely yeah um and that's something that we're still working on right now because um sometimes it is tough when you lose a string of points or you lose that set but you do have to have the mindset to be able to bounce back and move on to that next ball and that's kind of what we're always talking about is we got to 
leave that play or that set behind us and it's basically when we go into a new set it's zero zero it's anybody's game so you have to have that mindset to be able to kind of flip the switch and know that it's your game now and you can come back and you can win this even if you dropped a few points or a set so coach Byers was mentioning uh, we had her on the show a little bit earlier and she was saying that uh, coach was is six six so I just made the assumption that he was a middle blocker but he was a setter yes. in college. <laughs> Have you seen him set in practice? Every once in a while, he'll come out and he'll, he'll set a few balls. Um, and we're always like, yeah, go Coach Waz, you're killing it. <laughs> but um, yeah, you would think he would be a middle. And it's kind of similar to me, I guess, because I am so tall and I was a middle for so long. But And I always wanted to be a setter, but Coach Waz won't let me, but it's okay. <laughs> Coach Waz, if you're listening, you know, it's not too late in our, in our, in our last year to, to switch her to setter. I'm no, kidding, but, it, but it's okay, Coach Waz. I don't, <laughs> I don't need to be a setter. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you play middle blocker, you're, but you've also played right side in your career. And I know after Jayla Tolbert graduated, you kind of transitioned to play a little more right side. Yes. So what's it like balancing the two positions? I mean, is there a, a big difference between the two? There is a big difference between all of the positions across the net. My freshman year, I actually – so I played middle all of my high school career, came in freshman year, played outside. Sophomore year, played middle. Junior year, switched over to the right side once Jayla left. And then um, pretty much been a right side ever since. But occasionally we'll hit some balls in the middle. Um, honestly, I think – it's just been really fun to be able to switch up all the positions because obviously I want to do what's best for the team. And um, if that means I'm going on the outside, that's one thing. Or if I'm going in the middle, it's another. Um, it's been really interesting, though, to learn all of the different positions and kind of have a better understanding of what each person's task is. And um, also like a greater appreciation for everybody's position because I've done so much across the front row that I know how difficult it is for the outsides and for the middles and for the right sides. You know, I asked Coach Byers this question. I'll ask you this. Um, you know, the setter position, I think, is one of the most difficult ones in all of sports because of the chemistry you have to have with your hitters. Yes. Uh, Bree Poston was coming off of a great year last year. You guys mm -hmm. have had Talon and other setters in your program for quite some time. What's that like establishing that chemistry and trust between your setters on the floor yeah definitely chemistry and trust are huge with setters and also communication it's just constantly giving them feedback or um, letting them know if you're if say I was late to a ball or if I needed a little bit higher you just have to have that good relationship with them to be able to be comfortable communicating with anything that you would need different or um, how you can change things but always being open to what the coaches are saying and what they need from us and um, all the things like that your first couple of years as an undergrad Jayla Tolbert was here in the prime of her career and and she'll go down as one of the best players in program history, she was a right side. Yes. So what was it like getting to learn under Jayla and, and what kind of impact has she had on you? Yeah, she, um, we would always joke right after she graduated, um, we tried calling myself Jayla too, because middles, it would always be middles and Jayla. And then it turned to middles and Riz. And then, um, I turned into an only slide hitting right side also, which is not very common, um, but I always wanted to be like her and be able to hit like her because she was getting kills left and right, man. Like that was, she was an incredible player to watch. And we, we just knew every time that she got the ball that she could get a kill with it. And it inspired me because I wanted, I didn't want to be Jayla too. No offense, Jayla, love you. <laughs> but um, I wanted to kind of like, 
make my own name for myself. And even though I was still following in her footsteps, running slides, I still wanted to be that impact player. What excites you most about this team going into the year? You, you mentioned what you guys want to accomplish. So, I mean, what should people know about this squad? What, what's exciting about your team this year? What's exciting is we have all gotten so good at holding each other accountable and working hard in the gym and making sure we can't take any parts of plays off. Um, and it's been really inspiring to see how we've all come together to push each other to work hard. And we will go after those balls in the stands. We'll run up the stands and try to grab them. And we'll be diving and throwing our bodies all over the floor for everything because we do want to win. And um, we're not going to settle for anything less. You're from Cincinnati. Why Virginia Tech? Honestly, Virginia Tech has – it was just such a different feel when I came to this campus. I toured a lot of other campuses and other programs and – um, just nothing compared to here. It really just the campus, the community, everything around is just so unique and I did not see it anywhere else. And even when we travel to go play other teams, I look around their campus and I'm like, no, I could not go here. I, I, I love it where we're, where I'm at now. And it, when they say this is home, they really mean it. <laughs> I completely agree with you on that. Um, I'm curious for people who have never played volleyball before, that maybe watch it as a general fan. What is the most difficult part of volleyball? The most difficult part of volleyball. Hmm. Shoot, that's a difficult one. I'll, I'll let you think about it. For me, okay, so I played volleyball for a year of, of JV volleyball in high school. It's not about me, but I always struggled with being in rotation. Like, I don't think people understand the average volleyball fan. I mean, take me through that. So you have to be in a certain spot on the floor before the serve, correct? Yes. And if you're not, it's a point for the other team, correct? correct? So, I mean, is that something that you learned in like two seconds? I mean, does that ever happen? Like you're ever in the wrong spot on the floor? Every once in a while, someone might like leave early when they're not supposed to and they'll call us out of rotation or we don't realize that we're half a step over to the right than we should be and then that's considered out of rotation. Um, but I feel like generally with each position, it kind of stays the same, but it is it is confusing too. Um, we recently changed our rotation number, so then we'll call it rotation one, rotation four, and they're a little bit different than what they used to be. So it did take a while uh, to figure those out again. But um, yeah, it definitely is pretty tricky with how we rotate. And people don't usually even realize that we rotate in volleyball. They just think that we're just going in and out. But um, yeah, there is a whole strategy to how we rotate and the positions and who goes in what time. I feel like another thing, too, is that you, you can have kind of different serves in volleyball, right? Mm -hmm. Like a jump serve, you could put spin on the ball. You, I mean, like, I mean, how, how did you come about your serve? Like, have you changed that up or have you always kind of stuck with it? I've pretty much just stuck with mine. I do a standing float serve. Um, every once in a while, I'll try out a float, uh, jump float serve, but usually I just stick with the standing. I think that's my most powerful and my most consistent. So that's what I've been doing. All right. So if you if you had set point for a championship match, you had to pick one player on the team to get you an ace. Who are you picking? I'm picking Bree. Bree Postema. There you for go. For sure. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. actually going to bring her up in just a second because she had over 300 assists last year as a freshman coming in 
to the program in the middle of a pandemic and not getting a normal offseason. How would you describe uh, your setter, Bree Postema, and her game? She definitely is. I love playing with her. She's so calm and collected and um, just always open to feedback, like I was talking about earlier with making sure to have that communication with your setters. Um, she's always like more than happy to change things or telling me different things that I need to fix. But, um, yeah, she's one of the sweetest people too. Like I, I love Bree so much. She's so cute. So I, I know one of the, the highlights of this off season, and it just happened a couple of weeks ago was when Mara Perry got put on scholarship yes. and I played the audio. If you're, if you're listening to this week's Hokie sports insider, go back to last week. I played the audio of the video that Hokie vision put out, but uh, take me through that day did you know that she was going to get put on scholarship and and take me through what happened how she found out no um nobody had any idea that she was being put on scholarship so when they um they pulled us into practice we were in our warm-up and they're like hold on a second stop warming up we're going to play this video on the board and they pull it up and it was um her parents talking and we were like hmm what's going on now and then her it was either her mom or her dad, I forget. Um, but they were saying that she was on the full ride for the fall semester, and we all just went crazy for her. And I am so proud of her and so happy for her because she absolutely deserves it. She's definitely one of the people in the gym that you can always count on, that she's going 110%. She's always talking. Um, so she definitely deserves that, and I'm so happy for her. How surprised was she? I, we were also surprised. She was so surprised. I think she... Um, just broke down a little bit in tears, but um, as expected, I would have too. But um, yeah, we everyone was shocked, but and so happy too. All right, a couple more We're here with Marissa Serco on this week's Hokie Sports Insider podcast. What's your favorite win that you've had part of this program? My favorite win was definitely when we took down Louisville when they were number 23, um, and then they also went on to be in the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament that year, so that was very exciting. Um, such a fun win. Uh, we won in just four sets against such a great team and a great program and um, known to be a winning program, so we really came out that match with um, – we were all just very calm and very determined. We knew the job that we needed to do, and we were all very confident too, which was really cool because volleyball is such a mental game, and we were all able to stay so confident and cheering each other on and keeping our energy up, and it really helped us um, get that win. Uh, you remember how that match ended? Yes, with Kylie Thomas getting an ace, and I remember I was she subbed in for me because she would play back row for me. I'm like, go get this ace, Kylie, and then she did, and I saw it. I was like, yes. You know, it's funny. I, I was on the call for that match, and I remember the ace, and I just remember going back and watching the video of it. I mean, Kylie Thomas had to have jumped like ten feet in the air of just pure <laughs> excitement after that win. That was oh, for that sure. was a big one. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, well, I, I don't want to look too far ahead, Marissa, because you've got a big season ahead. But when your playing days are all said and done, you've got your degrees. What's next for Marissa Serco? I'm actually planning on playing professional volleyball overseas after this semester is over. So that is my plan. I'm not really sure where that will go just yet because I have to wait till the season's over. 
Um, but yep, that is my current plan. I think it would be really cool to get a different view on the world and different cultures and still be able to play the sport that I love, um, meet so many new people. I just think it would be an awesome experience. That's fantastic. Uh, congratulations. And, you know, I'm curious, is there a difference in the way volleyball is played internationally compared to the United States, do you think? Yeah, so what I've heard is um, from old players that I've talked to that have gone overseas is the professional game is a much slower pace. So um, they don't run the same sets that the U.S. players do, and I think it's just like a lot more of higher, loopier sets. So (laughs) the block has more time to form. But, um, yeah, we'll see. I'll see how it goes. Well, Marissa, you've had um, such an impact on this program. You've mentioned that this is home. You love it here in Blacksburg. We we close every interview with this question. What does it mean to you to be a Hokie? Being part of the community is so awesome. I don't think any other school, um, or at least I can't even imagine any other school, has such a great community that they do here. And just seeing like all of the Hokie pride and all of the fans that come to our games or Lane Stadium. It's just so awesome to see how everybody comes together just to support a team. And um, and all of the fans are good fans. Like, they're nice fans. They love this team, and they're not um, – I've heard some other teams maybe, you know, fans can get a little rowdy and a little uh, rude sometimes, but I don't think that's ever the case for any Virginia Tech fans, and it's pretty cool seeing how everyone kind of comes together and – um, supports the community, supports Virginia Tech, everything like that. Great answer. Uh, Marissa, want to thank you so much for your time today. Best of luck to you and the team. You've got the Hokie Invitational this weekend. Best of luck, and I know Hokie Nation will be behind you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. That'll wrap up episode number three of the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast. As always, thanks so much for your support listening to this podcast. Absolutely love getting to share the stories of Virginia Tech players and coaches. Hope you can join us for another show that'll drop on Wednesday at noon. Wherever you're listening to the podcast, please be sure to give us a like, leave a comment, give a review. We really appreciate the support. I want to thank Coach Marcy Byers and Marissa Serco for their time on this week's show. Best of luck to the Hokies volleyball team who starts their season on Friday. And if you have an interview idea, somebody you'd like to hear on the Hokie Sports Insider podcast, as always, feel free to tweet at Evan K. Hughes. I'll respond to you. And uh, as always, looking for ways to improve the show. Would love to hear your feedback. And as a reminder, all the podcasts we have across Hokie Pod, go listen to Tech Talk Live from this past week. It's back uh, at McLean's at First in Maine. Great crowd on hand on Monday. Coach Justin Fuente, John Laser, the Hall of Famer, Mike Burnup. A great show on Monday. You can listen to that here across Hokie Pod, as well as Hokie Game Plan. John Laser and Mike Burnup sitting down with coordinators Justin Hamilton and Brad Cornelson. Of course, that drops every Thursday at noon. Again, thanks so much for being with us on this week's edition of the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast. And thanks, as always, for being Hokies. We'll talk to you next week on Wednesday at noon for another edition of the Hokie Sports Insider Podcast. Have a great week, Hokies. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. 
Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows all states to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. All state fire and casualty insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.